Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You guys have your quarterback depth chart the way it is for a reason. Justin's your starter for a reason ahead of Tyson. What does Justin bring to you guys when he comes back that you don't have right now? Um, I would just say the experience factor. You know, him, him playing all those games, uh, certainly the experience factor. And, you know, he's. Uh, Operated in this offense, you know, and he's had some good weeks, you know, prior to this the Washington game. You know, he's had some good games this week, this year. You know, so we're excited to get him back when he comes back, and uh, certainly the dimension of also the, the disconnection running the ball. You know, he likes, you know, he can obviously run the ball, and the, the quarterback runs are, are viable there too. And uh, you know, the perimeter is getting under attack more, uh, so that's what he brings. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on six seventy the score. He brings disconnection with the run game. <laughs> How is that? Ah, it is Gabe Ramirez. It is 670 to score. And you are listening to a Plumbers 911 Football Monday presented by Busey Bank and It's Not a Game Illinois.com. Bears lose to the Saints 24 17. And everybody's waiting for the return of Justin Fields patiently. I think we all want to just listen. We have to remember too, right? Like, these are still young men, younger men, right? Men nonetheless, but younger men. And Justin Fields, you know, he was born in 99. He's 24 years old. Like, I remember being 24. My 26-year-old self would whoop my 24-year-old self's ass. I want to be very clear. How old are you, Tyler? 22. Yeah, dude, trust me. You're 22 when you turn 25, you're going to be like, 22-year-old Tyler was a little bitch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to think back. You're going to be 25. You're going to be ripped. You're going to be doing push-ups at the crib. Like, trust me, you get your man body at 26. Like, that's when they say you're at your peak physical. Uh, like, yeah, it's at 26. That's what they say in men, right? Around that age. Because I know some body is going to text in and say, it's actually... It's right around there. It ain't 22. It ain't 24. All right. So imagine, you know, like you still got, you know, some years, you know, Justin Fields. That's crazy. 24 years old, man. It's it's wild to think about Justin Fields and where he's at. So you want to see him get back in the game because, again, he's still growing. His body's still sharpening. You know what I'm saying? I'll never forget, dollar in the bucket, talking about the Bulls. Joe Kim Noah. You know who Joe Kim Noah is, Tyler? Just making sure. You're 22. You might not know who Joe Kim Noah is. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. 
I remember when Joe Kim Noah, first of all, he, you know, he wins his back-to-back championships at, at Florida. Then he comes to the Bulls. You know, his dad's a god in France. Like, this guy just won back-to-back ships. Like, he was in Florida. Like, the life. But still put in the work to where two, three years later after being in the league, his arms were jacked. Like, jacked. And you just saw Joe Kim Noah, and you saw him in his man body. You were like, oh, okay, that's the... And that's when he almost... I think he won defensive player of the year, something like that. I look at Justin Fields, and I'm like, is that possible? Like, can you get bigger? Justin Fields is huge. 6'3", 230. Just a big dude all the way around. So, again, when he gets back into this game, and he, if he plays on Thursday against Carolina, you're curious to see what he looks like. <clears throat> And I am curious as well. And I and I and I I say he's not a top 15 quarterback because that's what he's shown me. Do I want him to prove me wrong so that I can cheer for Justin Fields? Yes. I would love it if Justin Fields came back and, you know, put on a show and won three straight, like I mentioned, and then pulled off, you know, let's say two of three to end the season. I would love that. What he's shown me is that he won't, right? That there will be inconsistent. See in his play that he might beat the Lions but then lose to the Cardinals, right? Where he's shown me that that's what he would be likely to do. But I hope I'm wrong. I do hope I'm wrong. And um, there are two guys that have talked about Justin, have been excited about his return, of course, I'm talking about Olin Cruz, Patrick Manley. They, along with Mully from Mully and Hall, they do our pre- and post-game show here on 670 The Score. And, you know, Justin is going to be up for a contract soon. This we do know. And Olin Cruz told a really good story about his contract situation. And uh, you, I want you guys, and some, gave some more insight about the Bears. And I want you guys to take a listen to it. Here it is on 670 The Score. Oh, yes, indeed. It's the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew here on The Score. And uh, goodness gracious, the Bears, uh, I don't know, funny mirror, maybe they win that game. Seemed like they had a lot going for them, but ultimately they were just, you don't win any games when you're uh, when you're 5-0 on the turnover battle. Just uh, too many lost opportunities, gentlemen. We've got Patrick Manley, Olin Krutz. And uh, difficult to see what looked like a promising start and a lot of fight from the Bears turn into sort of a, a turnover fiasco at the end. Yeah, to me, it was just kind of the tale of two halves of Tyson Bajan. Um, yeah. You know, the first half, it was all exciting. You know, you're looking at his numbers and you're just like, he's doing well. He makes one rookie mistake with that first interception. Then they have four series in the second half, guys. Four series. They're down 24 to 17. They turn the ball over three times and they punt once. You know, that's just, to me, that's what a, a, ends up with a rookie quarterback, right? Um, you know, we had the Tyson-Beijing game against the Raiders, and now we have the, this Tyson-Beijing game against the Saints. And it's, um, you know, the better team won. I think we all knew that the Saints were a better team. We all picked the Saints to win. But I'll tell you this, though, at least we were entertained. I think we were picking a game where it was going to be 31-10 to 10 or 27-10 to 10 I picked. And uh, there were some good things in the game we'll talk about. There's a lot of bad things that happened, but... Um, the, be- the better team won and the team won than I thought. But again, it goes back to Tyson Bajan. And I, I also think this, guys. I think there were some plays that Luke Getzey called well. There's some we're always going to question. But I also ultimately think 
he put too much on his plate. He is a rookie quarterback. They ran the ball for 156 yards, right? I mean, that, to me, and you're only down seven, stop putting him in those that many positions to force turnovers. Give him a chance to hand the ball off, get the running game going, make it a, le- a little easier on him. Like we always say, he's an undrafted free agent out of Shepard. He's not Drew Brees. He's not Matt Ryan in the Superdome coming down with two minutes and 26 seconds to win the game. Make it easier on him all the way up to that point. I thought he put a lot of pressure on him, and it's tough for a rookie to do that in the Superdome. Um, but, you know, the better team won today. Yeah, that, that is true, man. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's the turnovers, right? It's just they mm-hmm. didn't play well. Uh, it's, it's hard because you're watching, like you guys are saying, and I'm expecting them to get dismantled, right, with the week they right. had, with the guys they have out on defense, and they don't. They don't get dismantled, so it's like, Gosh, it's, it's almost, as an analyst, it's like you're taking moral victories from the Chicago Bears. <laughs> right, right. All of a sudden, watching this game, uh, like you said, Pat, some guys played well. Not only do you take some off his, something off his plate, but then go to DJ Moore when you do, right? Yeah. Don't, don't go to uh, uh, Molly's favorite guy, Jones, and, and have DJ Moore blocking. Uh, you know, don't hand off the ball to Tyler Scott on a reverse. I just think they can put the ball again in DJ Moore's hands more often. And I also think to take some pressure off the quarterback, like you're saying, Pat, um, I think you have to have a feeling for which way you need to run the ball there uh, late in the game. And I thought Tevin Jenkins and Darnell Wright, although not every time, right? Not every time, but I thought they played really well. I thought Tevin Jenkins, I put a spotlight hit on him in the pregame. And boy, did he look good uh, playing out there today. He gave uh, that Saints defense line everything they could handle. But... Dan Pompey said in the pregame show that this Saints defense, you got to be careful. They're really good at taking the ball away. And, right. and when Dan saying that kept ringing in my head every mm-hmm. time they got to take away and they end up with five. I uh, end up with a cause fumble late in the game. And it's just, you know, it's, that's what the Bears are, right, Molly? They're not talented enough. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're never going to win a game if, if they have that many uh, turnovers. And it, it's a pity because... <laughs> I thought they started the game really well. Uh, that, that's got to be the best catch of Cole Komet's career. I mean, mm-hmm. that was an unbelievable touchdown to open the game. They marched down the field. You kind of felt good about what they were doing. I think ultimately the defense kept them in the game. And, uh, and you saw some improvement from, from that group. But as you say, you know, five, I, I think it's the first time they've had five turnovers since like 2021 and i believe they've lost the last eight games they've played where they've had five turnovers it's just it's just not a recipe to be able to win a game but they they lost by a touchdown i mm-hmm. mean how how were they that close given all of the of the turnovers crazy yeah, it was crazy because all right if you look at the offense they played a very good first half the defense i think were give up five of six third downs, right, in the, the first half, and they came out and made an adjustment. They came out and stopped them three and out, three and out the first two uh, first two drives. And I thought they did a good job. I think it's only, what, seven points in the second half they gave up. It's just too bad the offense couldn't match that because if they could have matched that, I think that's a win. You know, if they come out and play like they did in the first half, that's a win. But uh, it's kind of shocking that it was that close with that turnover battle being the way it is. And if you just, you know, what do you say? If you cut that in half, you probably win. Right. But, you know, it is what it is. And, again, it's that rookie quarterback. It's – he made two throws. Matt Ryan talked about him really well behind the, uh, the receiver that was kind of open that, you know, hopefully in the future, if he does get more playing time, that he, he makes the proper throw there. But um, it's tough to win in this league with a rookie quarterback. That's why I praised him so much that first game where he beat the Raiders. I just, you know, 
I was in shock that a rookie quarterback came in and won a game. And then I was in shock the first half of how well he was playing. And then everything came down to earth. Yeah, you think about it, right? Like Santos misses that field goal, so the game's actually closer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He misses a 40-yard field goal, which you, which for him is rare, right? He doesn't yes. miss yeah. a lot, especially yeah. from 40 yards. So yes. uh, the game is a lot closer, even if we just make a routine field goal for Santos. Uh, they're, up, they're up by three, I think, at yeah. half, and then mm-hmm. they're only down by four uh, when they have the ball again. So uh, just kind of a, they were right there in the game. Uh, like you're saying, Mully, uh, you know, the offense puts up 250 yards in the first half. But this is the Saints' M.O. Like, you have to know when you go at halftime, they play bad defense in the first half and great defense in the second half. I think Duncan said that, right? We had Jeff yep. Duncan on sure. in the pregame show, and he talked to us about exactly what they were. And when, at this time of the year, guys, when a team has an identity, that's what they are, man. Uh, they don't change very much. Yep. So you got to know when you come out at half, the defense is about to get stingy. And, and I think, I don't know what you guys thought, I was going to ask you guys this question. I thought all that running and stuff in the first half – the hits that Bajan took, I thought it took something off his throws a little bit that maybe he got bumped a little bit on his legs and he couldn't he couldn't put as much juice on the ball anymore. That's a good point. That could I, be it, it. He was holding the ball a lot at the end of the game. I mean, he, I, the whole I line was know. doing a great job, weren't they? Yeah, well, it was. I mean, <laughs> eventually collapsed, but good right. God, it was like he was really. I, I mean, we hear all these arguments that Justin Fields is holding the ball too long. He he wasn't making the same quick decisions. Now, maybe no one was open. We'll get a better view of of the tape. But I, I felt like, especially at the end of the game, he was taking too many hits because he was holding the ball too long. Can you say, did the O-line make him too comfortable? Because <laughs> at the beginning of the game, I mean, he had all day. It was impressive. And maybe he just kind of felt that. But you can't, again, going back to rookie quarterback, knowing the situation you're in, the defense is going to tee off late there in the game, and you got to be ready for that. You cannot hold the ball, and that was one of his strengths. Then it just showed up that you know he didn't he didn't learn. Yeah, and he was he was checking in out of plays early in that game, right? Getting them in and out of the right plays. Matt Ryan was talking about that when they talk about can can. It means you can run the play, uh, tapping his helmet, doing a nice job, doing zone reads, right? Which we thought yep. they should give Justin Fields more zone reads, and he was running the zone read and running them well, but. Uh, and, and as soon as they got to, you know, you know that after that first 15, what you see on film is going to change, right? They're going to adjust to what you're trying to do. And, and Matt Ryan, I think Matt Ryan and Tiki Barber, I don't know about you guys. I enjoy listening to them. Yes. They do a really nice job giving you the point of view from, from two different positions. But Matt Ryan talked about the cover two fooling Bajan again, right? Just like it could have fooled him the last game with DJ Moore. Getsy talked about that on Thursday when he rode his quarterback under the bus, but it happened again, right? It happened again with uh, Bajan. So, uh, you know, it's just a young rookie quarterback against this New Orleans Saints defense. Even though we were there, even though we look good, that defense, we think we look good because we thought we were going to look so bad. Uh, that defense ends up doing what they do, right? Getting five takeaways and shutting the offense down in the second half, which is what they did the last three weeks of their games. Yeah, yeah I, I mean – I gotta tell you, when you when you think about um, kind of how how they managed to stay in the game, there were a couple of opportunities where if they make a play here or there, if the offense had had kind of um, a big play here or there, that, that's a totally different game. I, I mean, they, it was a good football game, despite the fact they turned the ball over five times, which is an yeah. extraordinary thing to say. 
and like I said at the beginning, that's credit to the defense because they had four series down seven points. Four series. You know, you'd hope you'd score some points, at least three or something, or you know, but you had four chances, and you bungled three of them away with three turnovers and and one punt. Then uh, you had a penalty on that punt, and we can probably talk about that later. But uh, uh, but yeah, it just it didn't go well for the offense. It didn't look good at the end, and he didn't look comfortable. As, as comfortable as he looked in the first half, to me, he looked as uncomfortable in the second half. I don't know what you guys thought. Yeah, they were, they were dropping into that zone coverage yeah. and almost baiting him into throws, mm-hmm. right? It mm-hmm. looked like they did a really nice job knowing where he wanted to go with the ball and then jumping throws, and he, he put a little behind on a couple of those throws. But when you talk about that defense, Pat, uh, you know, you got to you got to mention Sanborn. Right? What a game Yo, he man. had. Right? You got to mention Sanborn. You got to mention the fact that with sweat on the field, you actually saw a pass rush all of a sudden, yep. right? Guys mm-hmm. coming free. Uh, not a lot, yep. but it was more yep. than we're used to, right? It, not a lot, but it was at least a little bit more. Uh, uh, sweat goes against Ramchek, one of the best right tackles in the NFL. like to see him against someone not as good. But mm-hmm. uh, to Pat's point, that defense did a good job. Coach Flues, I thought he was blitzing too much early on against yeah, a quarterback yeah. like Derek Carr, and he stopped in the second half, and he just played coverage. And even with Tyreek Stevenson out, I don't know what happened there, but with uh, Jalen Jones in, uh, the, the secondary did a good job, even with Brisker out. So just mm-hmm. credit to a defense that was a short man there in the second half. Uh, I thought they played really good, at, and Billings continues to be stout there in the middle of that, right. that line against the run. And to your point about um, you know the broadcast, Olin, I was a little bit going into the game. I was just I was kind of had my antenna up a little bit because I remember when Ryan Pace. Uh, when Tony Romo called a game and Ryan Pace was an old teammate of his, and, oh, God, it was like this propaganda broadcast. Uh, I thought that, that you know, Ryan Poles and, and uh, Matt Ryan are good friends and former teammates at Boston College, and I didn't get any sense of Matt Ryan trying to sell you on some storyline that, uh, that would help the Bears. I, I thought he did a very fair and kind of unbiased job. I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more with the way they did. And I think Tiki Barber does a nice job explaining what the running back and what you're seeing from the line and the secondary with Matt Ryan telling you what a rookie quarterback is going through. And and as we talk about, uh, like when I talk about offensive line play, I'm biased towards offensive line. By that, I mean I can always find you an excuse of why an offensive line (laughs) missed the block or why their job is hard, right? Like, uh, obviously, you got to take that into account when Matt Ryan is talking about quarterbacks, right? Because – I thought on the other side, I thought he did a terrible job telling us how bad Derek Carr was playing because he was playing terrible. But um, it is good to just hear their point of view. I think they do a good job bouncing off each other. And like you're saying, Molly, I didn't hear any of that from no. him. He just talked about the game and told you what he saw on each play. Yeah, I wonder if he and Poles talked before and said, listen, I'm not even going to bring that up. There's no need to. Maybe they knew before about how much that was going on with Romo and Pace, but uh, I'm glad they didn't because that just – that would kind of slant the take of the game, right? If you ever, because nobody knows that outside of Chicago, right. and maybe maybe they didn't they didn't need to bring that up, and I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, I was glad they didn't do that. What what did you think of Darnell Mooney's game? He seemed to get the ball more, and he seemed as productive as he's been in a long time. I like the yak. I like him turning it up. You know, yeah. not going out of bounds and uh, trying to get the extra yards. Then you get to see his explosiveness too when he gets the ball in his hands, a little bit of space puts that first foot in the ground, he gets up the field fast, and he shows what, you know, what, what scouts see and what coaches see from him. And I, I thought he played a good game, and it's, it was nice to see him get involved. Uh, again, though, I'd go back to Olin. Maybe I'd rather have DJ Moore get the ball more, but it is nice to see him get the ball, and I thought he had a nice game. 
Yeah, I, I think especially he shows you that speed on that little boot, right, where it looked like they dropped him in coverage and he turned it up. But mm-hmm. that's I thought that's been coming, Mully, for a couple of weeks now. I thought maybe to start the year he was trying to get his feet under him and maybe right. that injury he had hadn't mm-hmm. fully healed. But I thought he's been coming a little bit more the last two or three weeks. And, and if they can get him involved in this offense against the ad to take some of that pressure off DJ Moore, maybe roll that coverage away from him a little bit more. Now, Cole Komet is benefiting, right, from it. But oh, yeah. Cole Komet, man, I mean, uh, uh, they say, like, Pat, right, like like when a guy that will do all the little things, like block, yep. and do all the things coaches ask him to do that do- doesn't get the attention on him, they'll start to draw plays for him. And I got to credit Getze for drawing that boot throwback to Cole Komet, and then he catches it. What a, what yep. a, what a good catch. But two guys, I think, again, the, the game is kind of a weird game because they lost. They had five turnovers, but there were so many guys that you watch and said, hey, man, that, that guy's improving, right? That mm-hmm, guy's playing a little mm-hmm. better football than I've seen on film lately, especially, again, we talk about, man. I mean, I credit this team. I don't know how much you can credit the coaching staff, guys, because I don't want to go too far here. But the performance they put on after the week they had, I, I thought they were going to get dismantled again in New Orleans. Uh, and they still lost, and, and, and they still could have lost 30. You know, the, the Saints take a knee down there, so they still could have right. scored 30 points. But uh, they still went out there and competed and looked like they were playing hard football. Olin, this is where we're at, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're a 2-7 yeah, sure. team, and this is what we're trying to find yeah. the, the good out of it, and it just, it's part of it because you're disappointed. I'm sitting yeah. here watching, pulling, 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 and then I'm like, well, I guess at the end of the game I knew they were going to lose, but they did. They played okay. There were some signs of life. There were, like you said, Olin, that's a great point about what they went through last week and how they came back out and fought like they did because that, that's a tough week on a team like that. That's a really tough team. And, and to go back to that Cole Komech catch, those were in the years past we'd see players drop those, right? You never saw a guy from the Bears yep. really go up and go get it, at least in the last few years, and that was nice to see. And the one I was really hoping DJ Moore would have come down the one he had in the end zone. He has hands oh, on it, just bottled the hair. DJ Moore's they, fumble, too, was strange, right, for him. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. No, he doesn't fumble. That was a bad one. Yeah, and then, and then, like, if you think about these Bears, man, like, like just that, that Cole Komet, Tevin Jenkins, it's just, again, we talk about that multiplier on offense, right, that quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's just... They're just, they're, they're like, we've been so long around here. We're a man short. And Pat, to your point, not two and seven, right? Five and 21, right? Like, that's why we're <laughs> Yeah. Here. Yeah, you're right. You know? Yep. Yep. That was <clears throat> Patrick Manley, Olin Krutz, and Mully from Mully and Haw at the Bears pre and post game show here. That was right after the game. And of course, <clears throat> you heard Patrick Manley talking there about the situation and, you know, what he saw from Bajan, but what he also saw from the team as a whole. I love what he said about Lou Getze. The part about Lou Getze putting too much on Tyson Bajan's plate. There were moments where I felt that way. I, I addressed it in the beginning when I said, I felt like he opened the game up and it was three straight passes. It's like, why? Why? Why do, why do, we, why, why do we have to do something like that? And I know that's not what Patrick Manley was talking about. Specifically, he was more so talking about the end of the game where you could have made the drive down the field a bit easier for him. But nonetheless, I mean, there's there there's questions to be to be made, and obviously uh, every coordinator will get the opportunity to answer those as the week continues. Uh, but it's Gabe Ramirez, six seventy the score, and we are taking your phones uh, phone calls. The lines are open three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We got a great day planned for you ahead, and I'll get to that uh, right after our first phone call. We got Jim out in Schaumburg. Jim, welcome to the show. What are your thoughts on this uh, this Bears game? 
I think we got to get new coaches because for a simple reason, you look at so with Justin Fields, okay? They were doing good when they were playing against against the uh, was it the Dolphins and, and let's say with a lot of these teams, they're playing good in the first half. Then they seem to change the plays in the second half. Same thing there. They were running five yards a carry. Today they were what about five yards a carry in the first half? Okay. What happened? Second half. Look at look at why did they stop running the ball the way they did? I mean, and the receivers don't seem to get opened like they do with other teams. And I mean, and, and I think that's the problem that they're not playing. They're, that they're not coaching the quarterbacks properly. Or, 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 to Jim, it could be that the quarterback's just not good enough. Well, can I ask you a question? If you sure. put Mahomes on the, team, on the Bears team, okay, would, 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 the, would, the, would Mahomes have the same kind of success he has with Kansas City? You talking about with, no. with this Bears team that we have right now, like this current Bears yeah, team? We, no. Well, 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 well. First, we have to come to the conclusion that Andy Reid is a significantly better coach than not just uh, Coach Eberflus. Yep but the majority of the right. NFL. So that's an advantage there. But in terms of talent, if you were to go look at the roster of offensively, and if you were to go look at the roster of Kansas City, I mean, their wide receivers, I would say we have a equal, if not better, wide receiver right. than they, than, I would say than that they too. do. Right? Running uh, backs, we got better. Isaiah Pacheco's really good, but I like Deontay Foreman. I like Khalil Herbert, right? That's good. Tight ends, right, so obviously. Better. Tight end, obviously they have the advantage there with Travis Kelsey. So I, I'd say... Mahomes would at least have a comparable, you know, toolkit to use. Comparable, not the same, but comparable. And uh, offensive line, I probably obviously not as good, but I think Mahomes would have similar stats. Similar, not the same, not exactly the same, but similar. No, I, 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 I say I'll disagree. I think what it is. I think, for example, you look at what he did when he when he was playing when when uh, was playing. I mean, he was 16 ball. He was 16 in a row. He got the pass. Then what happened? They go in in halftime, and what happened? They changed the whole game plan, and the Bears lost. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like the thing. I mean, if you're running, if the if the if the running backs are getting five yards a carry, why are you why are you not running the ball more? You got a you got a rookie quarterback in there that is. You can see he's having problems. So run the ball when So Jim, is the problem then? Is the problem then Luke Getzey, or is the problem Coach yes. Eberflus? Right, because those are two separate people I think there. It's, well, put it this way: I think it's I think it's Getzey. but again, uh, I mean, but again, you have to take uh, Eberflus because he's the guy that's in charge. Yeah, it's tough to get rid of both of them, and that 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 again, I mean, we can complain, but we can question the offensive play calling. That without a doubt. I think any, you can look at multiple moments throughout this game and, and pinpoint things, and I'm sure it's a lot harder to call play in a split second. And I'm sure you have like a group that you choose from in certain situations. But there was one play in particular where the Bears were running the ball, and I think it was like third and two in the first half. And instead of spreading the, you know, with, with the personnel they had in, instead of spreading the ball or spreading the formation out, they bunched everyone up and still ran it down the middle. And then the linebacker ended up making the play anyway. And I thought to myself, what an odd play. 
Like, if you're going to run it with Deontay Foreman, who you know is best, who can truck someone, like, wouldn't you want to spread that out just enough to where Deontay Foreman could find a gap and, and hit it as opposed to bunching up the wide receivers so that everyone on the defense is now lined up there? It's interesting. Uh, all right. We are going to take more of your phone calls, 312-644-6767. I want to hear what you had to say about these Bears. This game was closer than most people think. Bears had the opportunity to win at the very end, or excuse me, tie the game up at the very end. Uh, but unfortunately, they fell short. But what did you think of the game? What did you think about the coaching, specifically Luke Getze? Uh, and we'll take your calls after the break. 312 644 6767. It's Gabe Ramirez on a Plumbers 911 Football Monday, right here on 670 The Score. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Tyson Bajan looking like an 80s superstar. Tattoos and long hair. The curls are coming out of the back. Couldn't help him, though. Three interceptions on the day. A lost fumble. 18 for 30. 220 yard or 220 yards, two touchdowns, QBR of 65.3. Did I have eight rushes for 70 yards on the day? Looked good out there. Sliding with stand-ups. Looked like a stand-up double every time he took off for 20, 30 yards. Uh, but nonetheless, Bears fall to the New Orleans Saints 24-17. Uh, and most people would say that uh, Justin Fields would have won that game. And... I would have to agree. I think just I think the defense did such a great job, which we'll get into in a second, uh, giving the Bears that opportunity to to really make a difference. But 
nonetheless, uh, that's how the cookie crumbles. I'm taking your phone calls, though. 312-644-6767. Thoughts on the Bears game. Thoughts on the performance of not just the Bears defense, but if you're looking on the offensive side of the ball, the play calling of Luke Getze. So most people are questioning uh, this morning. Let's go to Mike. He's on the road. So, Mike, what do you think about the coaching yesterday? You know, I just think this coaching staff is horrible. You have a coaching staff that has lost two guys for off-the-field problems, which should be a big red flag to everybody. How are you hiring guys that you don't know enough about them to see what they're doing off the field? The other thing is it seems like we cannot make adjustments like other teams do. You have to find, I believe, a younger coach, offensive-minded guy, and you got to get maybe an, a guy that can get a hold of the locker room and, and make people pay attention to what's going on because it seems like this team kind of ran wild for a while. Now that Eberflus has taken over the defense, the defense has definitely tightened things up, but still offensively we're all over the place. But shouldn't we, but shouldn't we look at that as an indicator that he is a good coach, right? I mean, if you are going to give him praise and – and saying that, okay, yeah, he took over the defense, now they're playing well. Isn't that a sign of a good yep. coach, though? A good defensive coach doesn't mean you can be a good <laughs> head coach. That's a great, great comment. Look, at, look at Denver. When we lost our guy to Denver, was he a good head coach? No, but he's doing pretty good in Miami, right? Okay, I hear what you're saying there. I mean, you're making a good point, and obviously a lot of people feel that way, right? But do, yeah. you, do you feel like the answer is a young coach? Do you, you know, because you know what I'm tired of, Mike? It's the figure out what the, you know, the, 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 the next coolest thing is for a coach and then try to go get them. You know, because it's, yeah. it, and I, I use this example a lot, Mike, when it comes to construction in Chicago, right? I say there's a lot of construction going on in Chicago. And I'm not talking about on the roads, I'm talking about like buildings, right? People are building things. But every team can't be the A team. You know what I'm saying? Like, like a couple of yeah. buildings have the C team. Let's be very let's be very clear yeah. when, when we're talking about yeah. that, right? So so the same thing could be said, you know, when you're looking at, you know, just coaches like that's just sometimes it's just what it is. You you got you know, but they're getting the job done, and and I, I don't know. Yeah. I look I look at this. It would be it would be nice to have the A team for once, wouldn't it? <laughs> and and that's what we're constantly searching for, right? Where where we're, yeah. we're we're constantly searching for that. But I, I feel like when it comes to this, the, when we do have these coaching searches, the A coaches of that sphere are already taken and then we get like the second and third guy that's not as good as you know a Mike McDaniels right or not as good I as agree. a Nick Sirianni or not as good as a Bruce Arians like things like that where we get the second tier guys and then we're we're, yep. we're we're left short and that's the unfortunate part but I don't know I I, I, I don't I don't I don't necessarily I'm not necessarily ready to say that you know Eberflus can't be that guy Right, like he can't grow and learn because he himself too, right, Mike? He's still new on the job, and we've all been there. Our first couple months on the gig, first year in the gig, you know, is, our year two is much different than you know our first day there, right? Whether it's high school, a new job, head coaching gig, and he's experiencing it for the first time. What I what I what I what I haven't seen is him screwing things up, right? And that's what I've seen a lot of yes. from coaches here in Chicago. People just screwing things up. Now, Getsy, I can be like, all right, maybe you didn't pick the right, like you said, you didn't pick the right coaches the first time around, right? You got the gig and maybe you hired your boys, you know, instead of yep. being a real head coach in the NFL 
and taking the best in a particular position. So maybe he'll he'll have or he will have the luxury of doing that this offseason, right? But do you have faith that he can pick the right people this time around? I hope with our leadership with with the guys we have above them, I hope that they'll they'll be able to help him out with that. I truly do. And I have faith in those guys. I think they've done a, a pretty pretty good job so far. So let's just hope we can get it just seems like we can't develop a quarterback. I'm forty eight years old, man. It hurts. <laughs> I work for a company out of Green Bay. It hurts, man. Oh, oh that that hurts even more. <laughs> that hurts to hear, Mike. Yeah. I gotta be honest. But what do you think so what do you think what what are your thoughts on Justin Fields then? I think Justin you know what, I watched I think it was last year the Steelers game. I was at that game. I was at that game, Mike. I was there. I saw it. I I had Justin Mania, too. You know what it said to me? That's our guy. We finally have him. And then the defense lets him go down the field and and beat us. But I thought, he's got it. He's got that thing that you look for in these franchise quarterbacks, and then it disappears. It seems like they just don't game plan for this kid. This kid is a stud. He's a big, strong guy. Like, we got to be able to make plays with the guys that we have on the field. We got a good tight end. We got wide receivers. Let's get this ball out there. We got a good running game. We should be scoring more points. You know what I'm fearful of, Mike? That, that it's not the coaching, right? That I'm fearful that when it comes to Justin Fields, I'm fearful that, yep. it, that it's not the coaching. I'm fearful that we just have a guy that, like somebody said earlier in the show today, they said, you know, we need someone that can extract more from Justin Fields. And what I asked him yeah. was, what I asked him was, but how much more is there to extract? You know, like we, we yeah. make it seem like not 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 you in particular, Mike, but like the, the, the narrative sometimes is like, oh, there's this 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 new level that Justin Fields can get to. And, and the, the only thing in his way is, is Coach Eberflus or Luke Getze. You know what I'm saying? And right. I was like, but, but yeah. at some point we got to say to ourselves, like, okay, Tyson Bajan is Tyson Bajan. And sometimes we got to look at ourselves yep. and say, Justin Fields is just Justin Fields. Yeah. I hate that, but you might be on the right road, <laughs> man, sadly. I know. I don't want to be. I don't want to be, Mike. This is the problem with being a fan <laughs> and having to talk on the radio is that sometimes you talk sense to yourself and you're like, damn. This is exactly how I feel, and I hate having to deal with these emotions because they're real. Yeah. I like you, Mike. Yeah. I want Justin Fields to be great. I don't want to. I don't want yeah. another quarterback. I really don't. No. I, I want Justin Fields no. to be very, very good. I want him to creep into the top ten of the NFL in quarterback. I want him to be there. But I like, want people to fear him. Yeah. You know, the fear that he's going to throw the ball or run the ball. And with the way he ran last year, you would think that somehow you would be able to put those two things together and put the fear of God in defenses that, like, listen, if my guys aren't open, that's fine. I'm going to run for 20 yards on you. Yeah, and, and this is what I said earlier, Mike, and I know you agree with this because you, like me, have been watching these games for far too long. I said I've seen Bears football games where they've won with mediocre yep. quarterback play, where you run, run, pass, and the defense just does yep. its job, and the Bears win 17-14 or 17-13. You can do that with we Justin Fields. For too long. It, but I'm saying yeah. you can you can do that with Justin Fields and he'd be better than them. So you'd have yeah. you know a better opportunity but instead of instead it's a I have an electric quarterback. Let me show you what I can make him do. 
instead of right. let's try to win this football game in the best way we possibly can. They did it last year because you talked about adjustments, Mike. They did that last yep. year. Lou Getze was being praised for his halftime adjustments. And then this year, just, yep. you know, because the Bears aren't winning or putting together some things in the second half, then all of a sudden, obviously, the narrative changes. So it's tough. It's tough. But the good thing is this, Mike, because I know you'll be watching just like me. There's still a lot of football left that we get to watch. We get to analyze. We get to assess. We get to judge these guys, whether it's the quarterback, the coaches, or some other players on both sides of the ball. And that's going to be the fun part because that's why we're fans and that's why we watch. Absolutely, man. I appreciate your time, bro. Of course, Mike. Have a go, man. Thanks for listening. And tell those suckers in Green Bay uh, we're coming. It's only a couple years before we turn the tides on them. Uh, it's Gabe Ramirez, 670. The score taking your phone calls, 312-644-6767. A lot of thoughts out there about Justin Fields. I'll read some text in a second. Uh, but let's go to Rich out in Old Town. Rich, what's up, brother? Long time no talk. Yeah, hi, Gabe. Uh, th- this is a good subject for you because I, I, I really value your opinion. I think you're very objective. And, uh, you know, as, as you know, there's a difference from being a fan and being someone who understands the game. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I understand the attitude and the disappointment of a lot of the Bear fans. But I've been here 20-some years. I didn't grow up here, but I understand it. But here's, here's what I wanted to get to. I told your producer this. I think that the heart of the matter and someone who's getting off really, I think, unscathed is polls. And I say that because the real question in my mind, it should be in Bear fans' minds, given his two-year track record of what I think is a C-minus at best on draft picks and free agents is even a bigger disaster. And Claypool was his idea. Now you got sweat. I didn't see him do anything yesterday, but I like the guy, so you can't. I think it's too early to tell about him. But, I mean, when you take a look at giving up second-round picks for both these guys, you you better be right. And he wasn't right on Clay Cole. We'll see about Sweat because he's given up some really good draft equity. But the question is, are you willing to, to trust him, given that history, to – be the guy to drive the 2024 draft. And, and I think it's very, very dangerous. I think, I think he's had a two-year audition. I think you say, well, he's, it's only his second year. I got to tell you, you, you've had two years. And are you so wait, there? Rich, wait, hold on, hold on, Rich. Let me ask you this question because I, I hear what yeah. you're saying. So then, because you know, I know you, you listen to the show. It, um, solutions, yeah. not problems. So your solution is get rid of Ryan Poles right now. Uh, I didn't say right now, but what I would do. Okay, at the end of the season, because you don't want him to have another draft. So so your your solution. That's right. That's right. I don't want him to have another draft. And I haven't even gotten on Eberflus, but anybody that's 5 and 21 in any other business, any other sport would be long gone. So, yeah, you may want to delay on him too. But I think, and and I'm not talking about a rebuild. That's not it, because I think there's there's some talent that you can build around after two years of, reasonable draft picks, but he's got an opportunity to hit a home run. You could legitimately have the number three and four pick in the first round, even with what's going on. I mean, you got Carolina and, and Arizona that's trying to jump jump the line. But let's say, worst case, you got two of the first five picks in the first round. Well, what are you going to do? He didn't draft a quarterback. That's the other thing I have a real problem with, and I brought that up a year ago. 
he's the only he's the only general manager in the NFC North last year that didn't draft a quarterback out of college and Fields not to supplant Fields, but look what you've got now. And I think he's played as well as he can. But you really want a D two free agent as as a guy who started three games and backing up Fields. Everybody else drafted a college quarterback. A, a legitimate I mean Hooker's at Detroit. He was a Heisman finalist until he got hurt. So I don't know. I, I just think, you know, and I'm not being overly critical. I just think you have to be judged by performance. I think his performance is really bad. And I think, are you willing to take, you know, given that you have a new president, you know, you had a new guy who, who's riding the ship that wasn't here when both those guys were hired. I think it's an opportunity to, to, to do that and to do it and really bring in some real professionals as a coach. And as a general manager, I don't think we've got either one. Yeah, thanks for the call, Rich. I mean, it's a it's a bold opinion to say that you want to replace the GM after two seasons. It's just because, like, what are you going to do, Rich? And I like Rich's opinions a lot sometimes. You know, this one I'm not a fan of. I got to be honest. Usually, I'm on board with a lot of stuff that Rich says, and I do like Hendon Hooker. I know Rich likes Tennessee and the SEC. I'm a big fan of Hendon Hooker, by the way. Uh, quarterback for the Detroit Lions. Was injured last year. working his way back. Bears will hear about him in a couple of years. Um, but moving on from, from, from Ryan Poles, and I understand what you're saying. The Chase Claypool trade looks bad. In the moment, it made sense. right? And not just because you were taking him away from Green Bay, but you, just like you got winning got... DJ Moore, you wanted to see Tyler and I were looking at a game last year, right? About an hour and a half ago where Darno Mooney had 16 targets and the wide receivers, it was Darno Mooney and the gang, right? It was like, who do, who who was it again that he was throwing it to that day? It, it was last week of the season, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it was, oh, it was, I was at that game too. It was that uh, against the Vikings? But we were talking, we were saying the names of the receivers. Oh. Marquez Goodwin. Oh yeah, uh, Demir Bird. Demir Bird. I mean, come on. Oh, that's but that's I'm why blanking. you go. But that's why you go and get Claypool. That's why you went and got Claypool. Yes, because there was literally no one there that he was throwing the ball to. Man, whatever. The wide receivers that are going to be available in free agency, no good. The receivers that are going to be available by the time the second round rolls around are not going to be as good because guys like Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston, you know. Uh, they were all going to be off the board, and they were. Zay Flowers, all off the board, early first round. So the second tier of wide receivers wasn't as good. So it was a gamble, and he took it, and it just didn't work out. This is one where I didn't obviously hate the the Brisker pick with their second pick in the second round, but I really wanted Poles to look at George Pickens. I was a little upset yeah, that they passed him up on him. But look at him now, right? He's, I, he's not, not getting enough. Well, no, but he's, he's, he's not getting the ball. He's he's deleting the the deleting the Steelers off of his Twitter account and who he's following. It's like just unnecessary drama that you knew was going to happen at some point, or you felt. I didn't say knew. I shouldn't say that. Okay, so that same you thing felt in was going to happen. Well, you just felt like it was going to happen at some point in his career. Pickens, like that type of guy. Yeah, that something like that was going to happen, and that's why you don't. That's why you didn't draft him. Right? Got it. So, but but again, but okay. Let's and let's let's let's. Try to evaluate polls for that, right? Okay, he goes, gets Claypool, da-da-da. Instead of being like, 
all right, did my job, I'm out, or let me go draft another wide receiver. He goes and gets DJ Moore. Like, all right, he made, this is the thing. Far too often in our fandom, do we do we complain about somebody not making moves, right? Ah, they didn't do anything. They could have done something. You can't hit on 100% of those those moves, right? So you have to make bold moves. Claypool was <laughs> super bold. Obviously, didn't work out, right? But here you are, Monta Sweat. I, I, I. It sounds wild, a second round pick, but I pulled up some second round picks from the last two seasons. All right, this is this is always fun when you get to go into the depth of what happened, because then you get to see like who was who was available, who was there, what types of players are there. Here, 20, 2022 draft, right? Logan Hall was the 33rd pick in the draft, defensive end for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What's Logan Hall up to right now? Look at you. Exactly my point. But Montez Sweat, I have a feeling he's better than Logan Hall. Your feelings are right. You see where I'm I'm going with this, though, right? Like, like it's hard to duplicate a high-level player at a at a particular position so and 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 then to assume that whoever you draft draft is going to be able to play at that level immediately again that's just not it's not you have to have some sort of grown men on your defense that can be an anchor you got rid of you know what i'm saying uh you got rid of roquan you got rid of khalil mack you need other people to step in and be those guys robert quinn robert quinn puerto rican bobby it's like, you know, so you have to have Montez Sweat, guys. And if you have two first-round picks, what would you rather have? Two first-round picks and a Montez Sweat? Or two first-round picks and then a second round? I mean, it's just, to me, I don't know. I'd rather have a Montez Sweat in there. It's just my opinion. But the phone lines are over for you to give yours. 312-644-6767. Gabe Ramirez here on a Plumbers 911 Football Monday Presented by Busey Bank at It's Not a Game, Illinois.com. Dustin Rhodes starting the pregame show at 5 o'clock when I get up out of here in about an hour. And then Mully and Hall got some great guests today. Olin Krutz, you just heard from him a while ago, uh, talking with Patrick Manley in the postgame. He'll be on to discuss now that he's had an opportunity to sleep and watch some more tape because Lord knows Olin watches a ton. And then after that, DJ Moore. Hangs out with the fellas at 8 a.m., followed by Dan Weeder at 8.44. And then the Plumbers 911 Football Monday continues with Bernstein and Holmes. 11 a.m., Anthony Herring jumps on. Anthony Herring, man, I was, like, watching him on Fox. Then I, like, got in my car. He was doing the post game. He was working yesterday. Shout out to Anthony Herring. So I know now that he's rested, he's going to be uh, ready to talk about that. Josh Schrock joins Bernstein and Holmes at 12 o'clock and then Parkinson Spiegel. They got Mark Grody at 4. Kurt Warner, excuse me, at 240. Then Mark Grody at 4 and then Jalen Johnson at 5 o'clock rounding this whole thing out. No need to go anywhere. You want to hear from current players? You get it all day Monday. You want to hear from former players? You get it here on 670 to score all day Monday. The best analysis, best takes. Uh, is is happening right here, and we got it all day long for you. All right, uh, I I got a question for you because somebody had a really good game today. 
And you know who I'm talking about, or you should know for that matter, and it is C.J. Stroud. Everybody's talking about him. It's just, it's like you're almost trying not to pay attention to what he's doing because you know who we have here, another Ohio State quarterback. And then, but but when you see his performances, 30 for 42 for 470 yards, five tutties, no interceptions. And that's going up against a Tampa Bay defense that we were just mentioning. Pretty damn good. 30 for 42, 475 tutties. Here's a question I have for you. Speaking of Ryan Poles and not necessarily liking some of the moves he's made, do you regret trading that number one pick? CJ Stroud could have been right there. You could have had your quarterback problems answered. For, and don't give me and don't call up here with, or you can if you want to. Eberflus would have messed him up anyway. Or <laughs> Getsy would have messed him up anyway. But do you regret trading that number one pick? You look at the you look at the productivity of DJ Moore so far this year. It's hard to have your wide receiver be productive if the quarterback can't get him the ball. So then you think the state of your football team. The direction they're headed in. Would you have rather have had a CJ Stroud? Do you regret trading that number one pick now? 312 644 67 67. I get it. Okay, we're going to use the uh, the number one pick to get a quarterback. All right. Could have did that already. 312 644 67 67. Do you get uh, trading the number one pick? Take your calls after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 